You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Balls Hard Delivery Podcast. This is episode number 207 of the San Antonio's Favorite Podcast. Jeremiah Morrill here, joined by, I guess, uh, uh, producer Blake McCown, uh, co-host Zach Bertram, uh, racing analysts, uh, Forrest Plank, and I think for the fourth year in a row, Mike Mike McCown, we've got uh, got you here. Is this the fourth Indy 500 we've done? I think so. I think so. Man, this has gone, it's gone quick. And I'm still caught off guard by Forrest Plank as a racing analyst. Wow. Well, I mean, it's, wow. It, that's, you're in the analyst. That's the title chair. you get. Woo. Yeah. You got the right, you got the right gear on. Like, you know what you're talking about. Zach, what, uh, what are we going to do? We, well, we're going to talk about 500, but first we're going to thank all the wonderful people of Patreon who it's nice and cool in here. I don't know if anybody else has been outside. It's adequately cool in here. It's adequately cool in here. And if you've been outside it's the last the, couple of days, it's been offensive outside uh the last couple of days um and, and but for all the people that do patreon we thank you but if you contribute 50 dollars or more a month we love you and so we're going to thank all those great folks which is christy avery who's the uh kind of like the the uh, libertarian in the boss hog house mom she she is always all great to us yeah and then uh, we she, got, she made a random inspection of henry county she stopped by montgomery's uh, yeah she for waited for us to be out of town <laughs> and then came through just like you unexpectedly and was like yeah and we have Jonathan Phillips, everybody's favorite used car salesman, new uh, car salesman. Or new car sales, yes. GMCs, uh, Chevy's probably, I don't know, Buicks. Andy, Mo- Andy Moore, Moore. Buick, GMC. And we got Anthony Meyer, who uh, is keeping America running by hauling stuff around the country, which we need lots and lots more of because there's not enough supplies going around to keep everybody busy, apparently. And then we're going to thank uh, the Fiddler's Green Mobile Cigar uh, Lounge. Sure. Cigar Lounge Cigar Studio. Cigar Lounge Studio. Chris Lamb uh, and his uh, his awesome business. Multiple time guest on the uh, on the program. Yeah. Working on a future visit potentially. And then if you uh, if you also want to find different ways to support us, buy the merch. So we have uh, BHOL 1, 2, 3, 4, and mug. That's all the different uh, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs. Uh, I think we still have the uh, masks in and case masks you're going out to the track. Those you, still, you need them for another week or two. Yeah, those are still relevant if you're going to Marion County. And there's a uh, there's a link tree link that. And uh, that, I will drop, drop the link tree link. Thanks to Jesse Riddle in the uh, in the chat right now. And I believe you can just go to bosshawkwilliardy dot com and all of the links are accessible from there as well. So yeah, and check out the website though because it's it's a new website. It looks great. This show, I think we need to make a racing ain't for quitters T shirt. <laughs> racing ain't for quitters. Is that just going to be for Dakota? Oh, that's even better. Yeah. yeah. We'll have you workshop that one. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you get back to us by the end of the night on yeah, that one. we'll get that. This, this show is uh, about our lives in rural Indiana, here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. And hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, Blake, this is like you're like interviewing for ESPN Quattro tonight uh, as Boss Hog producer, and you're trying to work your way up to uh, ESPN Trace. Is that is that accurate? I would more refer to this as the Ocho 
The Ocho, we are the Ocho? Yes. All of the sports that nobody signed up for. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> we are a step below dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, head soccer ping pong. Have you seen that one? No, not yet. That's actually uh, quite intense. All right. That sounds like a ping pong. That sounds like a sport you don't have a lot of like 10-year veterans at. No, they usually get concussions. <laughs> have CTE and are done pretty soon. They're out in no time at all. Uh, it is a special Tuesday episode because the Indianapolis 500 is coming up on uh, on Sunday, uh, Memorial Day weekend, long weekend. Tomorrow's my last day. I'm working for the uh, for the month of May because uh, I'm heading back out to the track. Uh, Zach hasn't told me how early we're leaving. I don't know if I should prepare. My normal race day uh, tradition was to get up about three thirty in the morning to go to the racetrack. So now it you will have to, not be three thirty. You have in the to morning. tell me what time in the morning we're getting up to to go get in the camper line. Well, the beauty is on race day, you wake up and the cannon goes off. Yeah. Which is the beauty of the... Uh, and shortly after that, I'm going to be knocking on your camper doors. Go for it. I, listen, if my door's not open yet, just crack a beer and when I get outside, I get outside. <laughs> hey, I may not have the rigorous schedule I'm used to. What's for breakfast? Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm told that Uncle Bob makes Spanish eggs, but I, I don't know if we haven't been told what I'm supposed to bring yet. So. I make the sissy eggs and we also, usually it's just eggs and smokies and whatever else we feel like fix them. But traditionally it's, it, we went from not camping to camping, but we still kept the same breakfast. At least I did. Some of the other people varied a little bit, but Spanish eggs were like eggs, like uh, salsa and stuff mixed in. But With Rotella? Is I, just Rotella? Do, I just do eggs with cheese. By shell? Yeah. I got some frozen eggs, so we'll see how those go. They've been in my freezer since the last race. What? I don't know where they came from. I'll have like regular eggs as well. eggs frozen? Or I don't like, know. It's I'm a, disgusted. I know. what well, they were given. I am not eating your they eggs. Were, they were given to me. It was a milk carton Throw of eggs. Throw the damn things away. They're yeah. like 58 cents. We'll see. Frozen yolk just sounds Yeah, awful. we'll see. I'll have other I'll have backup eggs. It wouldn't be the first time I fixed two rounds of eggs because I've messed up the first round. We'll see. Live, uh, live life adventures. I, my, I'm shook. I don't know how you. I, I've never had them before. Frozen milk and frozen bread are bad enough, but frozen eggs. I'm just like I don't know how. I don't even know how to process that. Are hard, you going to scramble them? Or are you going to? Oh try- yeah, I just scramble them. I'm now tempted to bring my own breakfast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you're gonna have to stop by the uh, Jack's Donuts and bring them in. I can bring some Jack's Donuts. Yeah, that would be popular. Come on, at least drive by Longs and tell me how long the line is no on race morning no at Longs way. Donuts. We can't have Longs. Don't bring that. It's the safest day to go to Longs because there's a police officer at every intersection <laughs> on 16th Street. There have been people shot at Longs, right you know, across the street at the gas station, not at Longs. You can't go pee there. I've tried at the gas station. Oh, really? Yeah. I, a, there's just a, always in every, every time I go, there's a police officer there. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay away from here. I've so. never had a, 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 well, first of all, there's always a police officer at the donut shop. Nobody's shocked at that. Joke. <laughs> They're across the street from the donut <laughs> shop. And if you've been there, you'd understand why there needs to be a police officer. There's nothing to do with the donut shop. Let me to apologize to all my friends in law enforcement. <laughs> This is a. Uh, He's at the gas station. We are, we are very friendly. <laughs> this isn't the Casey's. We yeah. are. This is. We are a pro Jack's Donuts podcast, even though there's no financial exchange. All right, so I'm going to the race, and I'm expecting to have plenty of seat around me. I it's seats around me, forty percent capacity, thanks to the, the rules of Marion County Health Department and Mayor Joe. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the section that we sat in this weekend for for qualifying. Was over forty percent capacity. Oh, it was like sixty percent. We were, but we were shooing people away. So the forty percent capacity is that forty percent within the sections, or is that forty percent of the grandstands being utilized? I think it's forty percent of the facilities, facilities grandstands. I, I when I was there this weekend, they still had 
a lot of banners up, but I don't think the banners normally come out until this week. Cause I think for the GP and for qualifying, they're usually advertising Verizon or NTT data or the race itself. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 40% of the facility capacity and not even including the grid. Cause 135,000 seems high for 40% of the grandstand seating. I think that's the grandstand the- seating was, is down, but the facility capacity is about 350,000. I think that includes GA. So I'm not sure how they're doing that, though, because they were moving GA people into the grandstands. Yeah. Well, uh, last weekend, because it was called the Flex, but I don't think they are moving. I I mean, I don't think you even had the opportunity of a general admission for this. I I know the folks that that I'm friends with that had pre-purchased general admission tickets got moved into Vistas. So I know know some folks got magically got $35 North Vista tickets this year. North Vista on the second or third row. Uh, Maybe. But you know what? It's better than, I mean... on the steps, they're going to see the track. They're going to they're going to see the track more than they would have from uh, from their pop up canopy in the infield, or so know where the track is. This might be the year they become yeah. actual race fans. True. So we'll see. We'll see how it uh, how it shakes out. Uh, I look forward to all of you and your complete mask compliance to uh, to make certain that uh, that Mayor Joe is happy. When I was out there Friday, I wore my mask one hundred percent of the time that I was walking around. That that was kind of the vibe, honestly. Is yeah. if you're out and about and you're not holding a beer or a water or whatever, you're uh, you're generally if you're in a public area, people were masked. But if you once you got seated, it was you're in you're in public space. You're you're socially distanced essentially, or you're at a place at a point where you're comfortable. Yep, and you're outside. Yep, and you could not get into the pit or garage area without a vaccination card. Correct. You had to show your papers. Every day, you got to show your papers. Get your wristbands. So, yeah. Yeah, that was the way it was. I noticed that from the GP weekend to last weekend, in the stands, the compliance seemed to go go way down. I don't think the announcement went over very well uh, during the week. But, yeah, for the most part. Between lot, the GP and the, the GP first and the qualification time, weekend. Yeah. I think there were. Hogsett said, because the CDC said, hey, uh, outdoors, we, you don't need masks anymore. And the mayor of Indianapolis said, uh, yeah, we're going to. We we're gonna, agree. We're going to agree on June 7th. On June 7th. <laughs> And so I don't think people were, I think some people thought there was a chance of some stuff, other stuff, get like the number being lifted. I don't think they're going to lift the number. I don't think the track, I mean, if you've, I don't think understood. they could have handled it. No, I don't think they could because the I, ticket department would, the ticket department might, might write and just burn the admin building down because, well, and the amount of yellow shirts they have versus normal well, the staff well, just convert the blue shirts over to yellow shirts. Right. It's true. They yeah. could, oh, you want those people to have a whistle and a gun. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I think oh. the whistle might be more dangerous if we're being honest. So I know that they manually had to reticket everybody and to say, you know, it is magically if today on Tuesday they said, you know what, 100% capacity is fine, masks go away. Impossible. It, it would be impossible to reticket the crowd because you'd have to move people. Or you, you, it would just not work. Or even say you're going to go to 75% capacity. Where are you going to find? Like, people have already said they're not going to use their tickets. Or are, you'd have to go through the entire process, which took like two weeks, two to three weeks. And then it took even longer to get tickets out yeah. to then have to do it all over. No, yeah. it wasn't going to happen. And you have folks that would have to make travel arrangements that are coming yeah. from outside of the Indiana, the Indiana metro, Indianapolis area. Um, I did hear that uh, Ed Carpenter... Uh, he he made two statements on the uh, JMV show on Emma's uh, yesterday. One, he said he was really pissed about uh, Joe Hogsett and his mask views as well. Uh, and two, he said that Bud Dinker had told him on Friday, so four days ago, that Bud Dinker is the number two guy in charge for Penske Entertainment. 
that they have about 3,000 tickets left to sell for the Rays. So if they're allowing 135,000 in, there are about 3,000 tickets being sold away from it actually being sold out, and then maybe you'd see it on NBC. So you're very close. Very close to actually having a true true sellout. Still anxious to see where those 135,000 people are going to be sitting. Are you worried you're going to have people near you? I'm sure that I'll have people near me. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they're going to have at least one seat between groups and then one row. I don't think you're going to have anybody sitting directly in front of you. It's going to be a really comfy area. It's about as comfortable as you're ever going to be at the 500 for people that are going because you should have room for your cooler. You should have room somewhere. for your cooler, and it should be about 20 degrees cooler oh, than most 75 other years. high. Yeah. yeah. The one year I may not be in a fire suit. <laughs> You can sit with me and wear your fire suit, Mike, if it nah, makes you feel good. I don't good. think that's going to happen. I will you see. Might, you'll probably see the winning pass in turn three. Yeah, I'm in the main straight. <laughs> I will say that um, it might be a time that you kind of want more people in the stands because I sit very high up in a very large set of aluminum bleachers, and you really want people blocking the sun from hitting the bleachers and then coming back at you. But That's why I'm in the shade. I'll take it. I'm not in the shade. But the flyover goes over my head. Yeah, but so. you're. I, we talked about this on Friday, Forrest. Your your tickets start with uh, serial number zero 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 five. Like you're you're OG. They yeah. bought them directly from Tony Holman. I think so. <laughs> you, it you it is less stuff, than number four thousand. You, you got stuff like from when Lee Wallard was racing. Are you in a penthouse? No, just because I've never upgraded. I, just, I'm still in A. You, you get where you're, uh, yeah. So here's the question I have for you, Forrest. Once you decide to upgrade, can you get like eight seats in the penthouse or are you only allowed? If you have two, can you only keep two? How does, how does seniority work around this place? So all I know is when I go to renew my tickets each year and it shows me what options are available, every stand is available with my seniority. Yeah. But you don't, but but I don't know how many or if they're the first row or aisle seats or anything like that. You want to, you want to know the best thing about chat or the chat right now? is that former producer Chris Guffey Staten thinks that you're Sean Rao. He says you're a good-looking public defender. So you've got the... You may have the Sean Rao profile or position. I don't know. I, I I'll tell you assumes. what I think it is, and Chris could comment on this, is what is uh, Mr. Rao's favorite hockey team and what are their colors? Because I wonder if he thinks from the side profile... That he's wearing black hockey He's here. wearing... Yeah, but it's orange. It's not red. Forrest, explain it. your shirt. I just had to explain it earlier to my wife. If yeah. you because need to have I that shirt this. explained. I, I understand what it is, but we are trying to educate people, Mike. Okay. I, I understand that it's a Kenny Brack shirt, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm totally up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> this shirt is the Gilmore tribute to A.J. Foyt. Yes. When he drove the number 14. He drove the number 14. Was he popular for that number? I don't know. Was he? Probably not. Absolutely. The number he won ever, I think every, uh, except for the first race, right? In 61, he won in the one car. Yeah. uh, In the Dean Van's line, Van line special, I would assume. Yes. The number one isn't going to be as successful this year. It might win. Hey, it's the best Foyt car. Second best. That's saying a lot. I think it's going to be the second best Foyt car when things are over. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais, I think, will still end up with the top 10. Um, So, yeah, you're in number 14, Gilmore, uh, Coyote, Orange. Not papaya orange t-shirt. Papaya. I got my IMS Nike polo on. Actually, the real reason I, I'm I'm wearing this shirt is because it was on the five dollar clearance last year at the end of season <laughs> sale. I love that sale. That's a I, I get. Do you, know to, where, do you know where the clearance gift shop is at the track next to the museum? Yeah, oh, next to the museum. Really I, I'd always visit it race morning. Is it going to be open this year? It's yes, been open. it's been open all Ar- week. Already been there. 
If you wear a schmedium, they've got all sorts of stuff. Do I look like I fit in a schmedium? (laughs) (laughs) The only guy that fits a schmedium is Dakota. He's out working. Zach got the Vineyard Vines 50th anniversary Mario shirt at the discount store. Very nice. And you've, I mean, you haven't worn it to the track very much because I don't see any tenderloin mustard stains. No, there are none. (laughs) I can't, I, me in a white shirt do not last long. It doesn't. It doesn't go well. I gray is about all I can hope for. White, I'm not so sure. And then you've got a political shirt because it's a political show, Zachary. Yeah, Robin Miller. Anyone yep. but Miller, 2020. Yep. I like Robin Miller. The slogan is: I don't have any hobbies. I gamble. I go to races, and I'm an asshole. Yep. Paid for by this week in IndyCar. We have a lot in common. <laughs> I don't gamble though. <laughs> well, if you can get into it. All right. Uh, have you guys had an interaction with a mask ambassador yet? Mike, you've been out to the track a few times this month. We talked about that before. A lot. Have you uh, Have you hung out with the blue shirts? We got the yellow shirts, now we got the blue shirts. No, I, I'm usually in the garage area or in a suite. When, when you're not actually working and you get to get to the suites for the first time in 35 years, it's a lot of fun, man. I had grouper at Andretti's suite the other day. You know, I'm used to track dogs. So thanks for the invite guys. Yeah. I haven't been to a suite this year. Really? No, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Forrest and I Happier just like people left call out. my people. I, I, I waved at Jeremiah on fast Friday and he showed me his pit and garage pass <laughs> he, with his name on it. Zach rolled his eyes at me and, and I said, fancy and just kept walking. I tried to get you to come in the garage with me. You're like, screw you. I'm, I need, I just, hot le- dog. I just left the garage. I was going, I think I was hustling up to the, uh, e penthouse for lunch, <laughs> to eat my Turkey sandwich. I saw Jeremiah's Snapchat from hanging out in the pits on Friday and from way up above turn one, spotted I, I zoomed in as far as I could and took a picture and said, I see you, but I was not as privileged to be right behind the pits. I really think that you and I were four feet apart several times on Friday. And you completely ignored me. I didn't see you until I saw your pictures. You guys were right by me in the Grand Prix race because I, I kept seeing your posts and I was like, he's you could have got some nice candid feet. shots of us getting very excited for VK in his first win, but right. you didn't look for us. Yeah. You knew we were there and you chose to not, you chose I to shoot I the cars sent instead you of something. us. I think I sent you something during that. I'm very forgetful. Yeah, I think yeah. you probably did. I, you know, I, I have a confession to make, Mike. I was probably drinking that day. <laughs> really? It's it's likely. It's likely that I was uh, I was consuming something. You know, I'm probably one of few other than the drivers that doesn't drink during races. Well, yeah, Zach's in that club too. Never drank. Me, no, man. It's a great spectating sport. I can't say I never did, but I can say I haven't in a long time. <laughs> At the track, no matter what time it is, it's beer thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Time the alarm goes off, cannon goes off, beer thirty. I mean, it's sometimes you can start with some some whiskey in your coffee, or or, or a bloody mary. Bloody marys, yeah, yeah, that's a popular one in the campsites around me. So, yeah, I, normally we talk about racing, <laughs> but I have not interacted with the mask amb- mask ambassador. I see them all around. They don't really. I never saw them do anything or say anything to anybody. Nope, so, they just walk. They just so, walk around. They hold their sign. They up. kind of act like the seatbelt lady, the seatbelt uh, yeah. TSA folks, or the uh, your your stewardess. Yeah, just telling you to buckle up. It's it's kind of I've seen some gestures from them, and they have a they have a, a flag like a flag a a paddle like Lollipop, a ping pong paddle. Yeah. I want to buy one of those paddles because that's going to be a really good piece so, of memorabilia. So funny story about that. 
First of all, if you want to interact with a mask ambassador, take your teenage daughter to the track and walk around, and they will point out every single mask ambassador who is wearing their mask incorrectly. <laughs> Good point. I'll do that. We spent probably 20 minutes behind Ed Carpenter's pit on Friday, right next to a mask ambassador, holding a sign up the entire time. Every driver that came by, he just stuck his chest out, had him sign his blue shirt that Speedway <laughs> gave him. Four different team members walked by and asked him, how much he would sell that sign for <laughs> wanting to buy the mask ambassador wanting to sign. buy the mask ambassador sign, because this is the only year you'll see that at the 500. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Now you've wished if this yeah. happens again, it is not my it's, fault. It is entirely on I'm going to write down here. Forrest, Forrest, Forrest will no longer get to play. Forrest <laughs> wished mask ambassadors on us permanently. It is the worst job. Like it's, it's like the little Dutch boy with a finger in the dam. When, when you know the job is being eliminated, as soon as you take it and you know that there's 135,000 people and 3,000 of them are going to be vigilant about wearing their masks and everybody else is going to give you the finger. It is the worst possible job to have out there. That's probably why they don't say anything. Yeah. They, I don't gonna, know. I think lose. there's some sanitation jobs that would be worse. Yeah. Those people just give up. I think they stop after like 1030 in the morning. They say, well, the hell with it. I don't so, think they're not getting verbally abused. I have a hunch of a mask ambassador did their job the way that they were intended to do their job the way that somebody drew it up yeah the way somebody plan. drew it up they would be getting verbally abused in a horrendous way because like some of the worst Security stories mask inspector yeah some know. of the worst stories coming out of the pandemic were how like just normal people trying to do their job at like the front door of a grocery store early on were like verbally and at times like physically attacked over telling somebody to put a mask on and it's still happening to people there was one, I think for the practice day, practice and qualifying day of the Grand Prix, which would have been the very first day that they allowed fans in the track in May, we were sitting in the e-penthouse up high, and it was a, a box with just the Bertram and Morrill families. So there maybe were eight or ten of us in there. That was it. And I had a drink in my hand, and I wasn't wearing my mask. And somebody came up, looked in, and they were going to say something, and then they saw the drink in my hand. I kind of lifted it up because I was actually motioning to take a drink, and they left. They immediately walked away and said, the hell with it. They're drinking. It doesn't matter. They've, they found the loophole. I can move on to another and bother somebody else. But that's the only time I've even come close to having somebody harass me. Yeah, I talked to a friend and he said he walked in and he walked in with a beer and the guy's like, I don't have a problem with you, but your kid needs to put a mask on. He's like, you have a beer in your hand. You're okay. Yeah. And so I also heard stories about the ambassador saying, yep, uh, wear it until you get to me. And then once you're up in the stands, I'm not looking that far. I just snacked incessantly. Jeremiah was concerned about me one the day. The first day, I thought I watched you eat a half pound of gummy bears. It wasn't a half pound of gummy bears. I had like a gummy worms. Yeah, they were gummy bears, but it wasn't a half pound of them. It was like they had a little "Made in Colorado" sticker, and I was those, just worried about you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would've been fun getting down from the e penthouse. Can you imagine going down the stairs oh, off that'd the be back, terrible. off the back of the e penthouse? They hang off the back of the grandstands. You're like forty feet in the air. And, or more, and you, and then yeah, you'd imagine that. I bet the stairs feel like they're flying off the back of the grandstand. No, that would not be good. This week, I climbed those stairs for the very first time. We did it once. Going that up. is not fun. No. We, we there were I, somehow we overshot the last elevator, and yeah. we just said the hell with it, and we climbed it, and it was. My wife doesn't go up. She'll. She went up, I think, but she'll find a way to get back to an elevator going down. And yeah, they're not. I mean, everything there is sturdy. It's not like you're going to like. Some no, it's just small track. It's far. it's a big climb, but those stairs are just hanging off the back of the grandstand, and so there is this feeling of, man, I hope these are sturdy and everything is. But yeah, they it's a climb up there, and then you get up there and you have to go to ramp, and there's more stairs to actually get to your seats. 
I think, I think some sets of the stairs are a little better than others. Like down in E, it's a little sketchy. You get into B, some are good, some are bad. Then once you get up into Paddock, like the ones right next to the elevator that oh, stick those are way great. out. Yeah. No, the ones that stick yeah. out, the, I think they go up higher. It, I don't know. It just felt different. At least they're like, they're a little more back and forth. They're not as too. If you're listening, uh, uh, while driving in your car, we encourage you at this time to pull up a map on your cell phone in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and match up grandstands so you have concept yeah. of where we're at. We're mostly talking about just turn try to one keep, and, try to keep the, the car within the lines. Yeah. A lot of the seats that we normally sit in, this has been an experimental year. Last year was in the fall of, of checking out different oh, areas yeah. of the track. And this year, there's been some reduction in where you can go. Uh, so we've spent a lot more time on the outside of the track than I ever have. Yeah, I've no, I, this is, I mean, it's been like two years since I've been to like the turn three grass mounds. And that where it's, I would spend a lot of time with kids in the turn three grass mounds. And I have not. Has it changed your opinion of, of the, after you've been to the turn one experience where you kind of get a little kitty jail playpen? Uh, no, not. Yeah. I don't know. My wife would probably, we'll probably, well, I don't know if we were able to camp for those, for that stuff, we probably will keep doing that. But I, I just like going out there because a lot of times it's nice to get away from the concrete and I don't mind walking all over. So I'm, it's not unusual for me to go end to end on the track a couple times in a day to get where I want to get. So I'm trying to figure out how to invent a fence filter. Cause everywhere I am now, you've got a, a fence, fence in the way and, and they paint it black and it's new and it's thicker than normal. And yeah, so it stands out a little bit more. You had to, you had to take pictures like us, just peons. He still sold multiples. He's, he's still yeah, I don't know that I'm to that level, but it's not what it used to be. I get jealous every time I see somebody. One of the Colts players was hanging out with uh, podcast uh, veteran Joey Molinaro, Joey Molinaro and, and uh, they had popped open the hole in the fence in a short shoot between three and four, and this Colts player was standing right. And I can only imagine what that is like to be standing where the lens is almost over the wall. And they're coming by at Fast Friday just doing qual Is that when Kenny Moore was out there? Yeah, Joey oh, yeah. and Kenny. I, I used to be on the slot with Uncle Jim, uh, Jim Davidson, back in the day. And those cars would go by you at 230 mile an hour. Back in the day, they were nothing. only doing 195. There was nothing. It was it was Back awesome. before you had your 35-year pin. The closest yeah. you can get to that is, and it's, not, it's pretty close, is if you go in the short shoot between one and two, there's like an odd catwalk kind of thing that's right up yes. there but they won't let you stand there for more than about six seconds before a yellow shirt's kind of ushering you away but it's a really cool but it place. is an amazing place to be yeah. because they're swinging out right out and then they dive into into two but i can only imagine that with like the fence moved out of the way um but yeah it's kind of it is hard like i found i was trying to go around and get good pictures and then the, the fencing's all been revamped and painted black and it's it can be in the way so joey did tell me he's got uh he's been doing the series uh, of drivers in in cars eating donuts. Yeah, and he had Connor Daly on. He had Alex Rossi on last week, and uh, James Hinchcliffe. And tomorrow it's supposed to be Rena's VK. So I encourage him to try some uh, some Dutch strudel, uh, whatever the hell yeah. those are called. I watched the Hinchman. It was real good. I haven't got a chance to watch the uh, Connor Daly one. It was, I think the Connor one might feature Jack Stone. It does. Really, it does. Yeah, yes, yeah. Connor's very funny as always. He. Uh, his tickets to the Pacer game are always right there by Lee and I. Connor. I actually messaged Lee uh, what two years ago whenever he sponsored him because I was following them both on social media and I saw them each posting pictures from the Pacers game and I was like, 
I think I met, I swear I messaged him. I was like, Hey, you're sitting next to Connor Daly. You should talk to him and figure something out. And then that year they announced that I think that they were there talking and he announced that he was the personal sponsor that year. But like, I'd noticed that I was like, what is this? And I could tell they were close to each other. So yeah, I've got pictures of the Jack's donuts logo on the side of Connor's helmet when he was, he was a big fan of, uh, he was a big fan of the Jack's on there. He said he has diabetes, but he would eat, uh, donuts just, just for Zach or just for, uh, (laughs) just just for for Joey. Uh, and he was he was in the uh, tired of pricks Chevrolet uh, in the GP, <laughs> which was fantastic. Did anybody get their vaccination out there? Their free T shirt? Did you? Would you? Would That's you get where it? I'm going to go for mine. Would for you sure it? to get the T shirt? Well, I was going to. Uh, Zach and I were talking about that one. I didn't get and a like, free T shirt with my vaccination. I mean, <laughs> all I got was a button that says "I'm vaccinated." We just discussed the fact- sticker in Wayne County. But the the I thought of of getting your vaccination you get on track the- on a race weekend. I was the, if you went in there like fast Friday and you we were planning on come back for a fun weekend on the track miserable. and you got vaccinated on Friday, you might just be laid. You might fall off the stairs coming off of one of those penthouse levels because and I got I think they're I'm assuming they're doing the one shot J and J, but like my first vaccine kind of in my second shot, I ended up taking a day off of work because I was yeah, I took up. a nap. Yeah. I never slept. I had I've told to nurse times. Mike back to health after his second one. <laughs> Blake, are you, are you uh, you're old enough now? Are you are you going to do this thing? Yeah, I'll get it. I mean, I'm not sure if Miami's going to require it, but I mean, I think there are like incentives for it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of. Schools. You're waiting to see the deal get sweeter. Yes, uh, IU is now making kids get vaccinated. My friends are all uh, saying their opinions about that. But if they, if they bribe you to where you go, like, Hey, you get 18 credit hours, but you only take 15. If you get your vaccination, you're jumping in line. I mean, three free credit hours. If you get vaxxed, I, I would take extra money on the food plan. That's, that's this. You want to really sweeten it up for a kid? Like hey, buy me a pizza. They give me a free t-shirt too. like t-shirt pizza. I'll do just about anything. There you go. Oh, to be 18. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you can get your vaccination out there this weekend, but hell, there's 3,000 tickets left. So go buy a are, ticket yeah. and see if you get a free free one. All right. Let's talk about racing. We talked about everything, but we've been dealing with pandemic and the event. And oh, I didn't even mention the balloons. I got Brad Lowry yelled at me today because I posted they're a balloon. Biodegradable. Thing. Yeah. They're, I'm trying to kill turtles or something by supporting balloons or being neutral about balloons. Anyway, I don't know if they're going to be there or not. I was reminded that the, the American Legion released balloons, even though the Speedway didn't last year. Top 30 cars are set on Saturday. It wasn't the 30 fastest cars in the race. Zach, were you uh, were you personally offended? I was so confused. I'm still confused. I was still messaging some of the people that we follow on social media trying to get wrap my head around how that worked. Because if uh, people have followed the sport for a while, there was like in the stands, there was a lot of confusion and a lot of people that... Well, the like, pylon went down. That didn't help. Timing and scoring had trouble most of the day. Most of the day. But during the during the confusing part, which would have been the very end of the day when Dalton Kellett's on the bubble and Will Power and Simona DeSylvester are trying to bump in. They had run the 31st and 32nd fastest times. Yeah, and they were going for top 30. Um, when To, to sh- quickly describe it because it gets so convoluted. There were two lines. One line was the slow line, and there was no risk to that line. Um, the other line was the fast lane and you had to withdraw your time to go into that line. And Dalton Kellett was in the slow line. He was in 30th and then he saw a bum rush and he saw Will Power, who's in a Penske who, at, who conceivably could go roll into the garage and then come back out. Unfortunately it was a 94 Reynard Penske. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but in, in his brain, 
and in his team's brain, he could disappear into the garage and come back out and get two miles an hour. Like if there's a team that could so- find something, it would be him. So he sees him coming. So he jumps into the risk, the high risk line says, I'm going to give up my time and willpower just run and ran slower than Dalton's time. And so he goes out say, and tries say to will ran a two thirty and Dalton had run a two thirty. You ran like a two twenty. Yeah. A low two twenty nine or something like that. And so Dalton pulls his time. And at which point, and I think that uh, Jeremiah and I were talking to different people. Jeremiah, I believe, was keeping Dear Leader in the loop is what was going I was, on. I was giving a tour to Chris Spangle. Yes. Uh, he, was, uh, he was on a date, and I was explaining the, uh, the Speedway to him. He, co- he came up to our penthouse box because yes. um, we, we commandeered a section of grandstands. For we had the group. wall penthouse. It was yeah. great. And uh, we're like, oh, he just pulled his time. If he doesn't go faster, he should be out of the race or rate or Rex. Will, just, he, just like Jay Howard and Paul Tracy yeah, in 2010. He just gave the 30th spot to Will Power. And when you looked at the pylon after he went out, Will Power's number 12 was on the 30th slot. I wish I had a picture of that to prove that because I remember it that way. I looked now, at it too. It was, but I, it was I there. Okay. And I wish so, I had taken a picture of it today. What I w- understood was even though his time was zero, he was still in the 30 hole. But that was never explained so, in person at so the they, track. So that, that lane was not address, uh, that as far lane, as I know. Yeah, well, I can tell you that in my year in the scanner, Foyt knew that they still had sure. the 30th hole. But the, the, my, my issue was not. that the paying gate had no right. concept of it. Right. Yeah. And it didn't make, and I'll be honest, it doesn't make any sense. Because if there's what they basically said, though, then was that the only what was the point of two lanes? Because the only thing that I don't think that it changed was is that in the one lane, you didn't lose your spot at all. And the other lane, you, you lost only your time only to 30th because in theory, you could only drop to 30th. Correct. But, it, say, but had, he, had you had he put it in the wall, right? And it, the, the problem he, with this is the logic of the last few minutes. And yeah. the, the worst case scenario for the rules that they have played out, where Dalton Kellett ran a two twenty eight, and he was slower than ever. Moments the car after that had, Will Power had, had run, run a two twenty nine, exactly. Yes, and and because Power did it, and it slotted him in at thirty first. It was invisible and it didn't exist, which flies in the face of every bit of speedway logic in the last hundred and four runnings that I'm aware of. Yeah. Uh, for for qualifying, had I known the rules ahead of time, it would have made more sense. But when you're sitting there and you go, "Oh, so and so pulled his time," and in recent history, we remember the year where Sebastian Saavedra was on the bubble, went out and practiced. Uh, not Saavedra, yes, Sebastian Saavedra. He was in the hospital. Yeah, he he practiced. He was in the the uh, Brian Hurd Autosport car, crashed after already putting himself in the race. Ends up in the hospital. He gets bumped by uh, Paul Tracy. Well, it, he gets bumped by a number of cars, but Paul Tracy and Jay Howard are in, uh, end up ahead of him. They each withdraw their times, try to requalify, and both end up slower. Saavedra is elevated to the race. First time Brian Hurd ever makes the race as a car owner. Juxtapose that to this year where you've got the it worked completely different. That does it completely differently. But that's not the first time that it's worked differently. No, I mean, you've had remember Lynn St. James and... We're going to keep the fastest 33 cars in, and that's not how we set this up. And Tony George put four, 35 sure, you the, cars. You had the 25 and 8 rule. That, yeah. That's fine. Uh, you know, that was a different era, but you didn't have a bump because of that. Right. You had you had some wishy-washy. And I mean, honestly, you know, I was I was rooting for Top Gun. You know, they, they built a car in a garage in Brownsburg. They were underfunded. You know, they probably weren't going to get there. 
Charlie Kimball was actually in a road course car because they tore up so much stuff at Texas. You know, that car is probably not going to get in no matter what happened. I mean, I think it played out exactly how it should have played out. The cars out. on the outside ultimately wound up being the cars that you would say were predictably going to be on the outside. Correct. Foyt had four teams, four cars there, and they had lost a tremendous amount of equipment on the last oval race, and they were they were going to run four cars. I guess the uh, Hildebrand car was a brand new car; it had never run before. It was the the Foyt team turned around the car that they ran for Charlie Kimball the weekend before at the AMR GP, and then Bourdais obviously is their number one guy, and Kellett is an, as a full timer. So right. the way that the pecking order worked out at Foyt made sense. And then, yeah, if you were going to pick somebody that was going to going home, you thought it was going to be you saw, either you know, Simone. Or, Simone was the best story of the month. Simone Pagano or Simona? Simona. You know, that's probably the best story of the yeah, month. Fred Autosport. But it's probably not because it's Pinsky. Very much I mean, Pinsky supported. But the shocker was is that how many people would have thought that. Forty uh, percent of the back row shootout was going to be Penske's right. Penske affiliated. Yeah, yeah, Penske affiliated or Penske, and it was like Roger Penske was in. I don't think he's been on a timing stand for his own team since he bought everything, but he was standing next to the timing stand for Peretta when the time ran out. He was staying there uh, with the team uh, when she made the race. But so she made the race, and then the next thing that happened is we had the the fast nine shootout. Well, yeah. I, I need to back up. Certainly, okay. The best thing that happened was Simona got out of the car and walked over and hugged Charlie Kimball that didn't make the race. Yeah. That was a class move. I was right in front of me. I, I mean, you know, hats off to her. That usually doesn't happen because people are upset and tempers are flying. It was, it was a neat, neat thing to see. And kudos to those ladies that put it in the show. I think that whole team story is kind of cool, especially once you start reading the backstory of, of some of the crew members and what they've gone through to get to where they are. You know, a lot of them back January timeframe weren't even in auto racing. Right. And, and here they are putting a team in the greatest spectacle in sports. And I know they've got some, they do have some experience on the team too. I know Linda Conti, who owned a race team uh, back in the early 2000s in the IRL era. Robbie, she was Robbie McGee's car owner when he ran the Indy 500 in the uh, Energizer car. I think she's a spotter for them as well. So even you know, you've got some people that have racing ties that are that are historically been around. Uh, and Beth Peretta had attempted to start Grace Autosport maybe five years ago, four years yeah. ago, somewhere in that range, uh, with Catherine Leg to race. So it was, it was great to see that 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 team came through, and it sounds like they're going to try uh, try to run some more races, more than just the Indy 500. Top Guns also talked about it as well. Yeah. It's always a fear of, you know, if a team doesn't make the 500, are they going to be able to come back? Are they going to go belly up? Yeah. Are they, what's going to happen? Okay, now we can go the fast nine. All right. I just had to throw that in. So in in setting up the fast nine, Zach has the opinion, I guess, that the qualifying draw was based upon the fast Friday practice times. Yes. So Scott Dixon ran the fastest time in practice. Yeah. And it was in, Friday was, it's called, they get boost. It's a higher level just for qualifications. And so the whole day... They are doing their best and sometimes not a very good job to just re- usually keep two or three cars on a track, uh, maybe four, but it'd be one or two warming up or cooling down and then two as far away from them on the track as they can. So they'd be on opposite straightaways and just randomly in the middle of the day, like four or five o'clock, I'm like, what's Dixon doing out here? And Dixon comes out, 
gets behind somebody and drops a 233 and just blitzes the entire field. I'm like, what did he do that for? It was so pointless. And then at the get down, but they kept complaining that they couldn't get a clean lap. They couldn't get a clean lap. And but um, but to your eye, anybody, he, was, he any, was getting a toe. Anybody that's been a, yeah, anybody that's been around knows that um, what they were doing looked like uh, sandbagging at Indianapolis at its very finest, which is. Uh, teams would never get a four lap run. A lot of times they wouldn't even get a full run period. They would run segments. They would run, see how they did coming off two, come around off a of four and then let off and then track the other side of the track. But I was like, what is this about? And then they start talking as we're leaving, like, Oh yeah, we're going to do the draw and it's an order of speed for the day. But that I'm doesn't like, mean that he gets the first pill. So that's, this is my, my thing is it he still drew he luckily, first. but he got yeah. the first pick. I, he got so, a really lucky draw. Well, yeah. uh, was it like the New York Knicks and Patrick Ewing where there was a frozen a frozen, uh, a frozen coin on the table. <laughs> you did look at because the draw, and you were like, "It's the he- it's all the heavy hitters are up front." But he's yeah, he the first guy it. to draw, and he draws number one. But did it matter? Because the next day he ran last, and he and he pissed. Well, it was the field preferred to time. Yeah, the preferred time. It's he got, got the preferred, nasty. He got the best possible time to go on both days. Yeah, great for him. He's the champ. You know, he's the champ anyway. He's he's got four poles in the race. But he did. He got to go early on Saturday at the coolest time, and he got to go last on Sunday, which was theoretically the coolest time. Yeah, yeah. With only and the cloud parties. cover came over. Sure, the seas parted, and Scott Dixon was the ice man and did yes. his thing. And so, I yeah. really thought Carpenter was going to get it. I thought the two Carpenter cars. I want somebody to tell me what their special sauce is, what they're doing, because they trans they transcend their engine manufacturer. All, all of the by cars, a long shot. all of the cars at the bottom end of the grid that were in the bottom five were Chevrolet engines. It, it, it Seven of the nine cars that were in the fast nine were Honda engines. Except the for only Ed two Carpenter. were the Ed Carpenter cars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like at one point during the back row shootout, they're interviewing Connor, and I forget whose garage he was in down there. Sage Karam, I think, maybe in his pit area. He's like, yeah, I just want, I'm down here supporting him. Just want to see another Chevy in. I was like, there's nothing but Chevys down here, Connor. There's no Hondas down here. Just walk around to everybody and shake everybody's hands because they're all Chevys. Connor so. was, uh, uh, in some of the interviews he's done later, it sounds like he was very tight with the Top Gun guys because I think he was a teammate with R.C. Enerson when they were at Coin, uh, and they have some some friendships there. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think Connor also said this week in an interview that uh, – Enerson was completely trimmed out as much as they could with the Top Gun car as well. Yeah, I heard. I think I heard him say that he couldn't. He said if they trimmed out any more, they take the wings off completely. And if you've ever seen it in any car when they're trimmed out, the rear wing will be aimed up. It'll be providing lift to counteract that because most of the downforce comes off the floor. So Rick Mears is number one all time in polls in the Indy 500, and the next name down on the list now is Scott Dixon. He's done it in four different, we'll quote unquote, call it eras for the uh, for the Indy 500. He did it in the when he won from the he won from the pole in two thousand eight, so it was the IR O three G four Stellara era, and then when we went to the DW twelve. He's won the pole in all three eras. The very first body kits, he won it in the Honda body kit with the little dove wing on the back and the straight spline, and now this this current version. I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be put in the same category with AJ and Mario and and Rick Mears and the greats. Um, he just does it so silently. I mean, he's just a smooth dude. Uh, he he, he should have won. La- I mean, he dominated the race last year, and everybody in the after the last pit stop, Sato passed him, and you thought he was, you know, he was going to pass him right back, and he never could. Sato Sato gapped him. Yeah, but it was that was, Dixon was the heavy favorite going into the five hundred last year. Right, right. 
But as good as he is, as clean as he's kept his nose throughout his career, I still just don't like him. Really? <laughs> I'm not a fan. I don't I, mind. I never I don't have mind. been. Yeah. What's he do wrong? What's is he not? Uh, is Absolutely he not exciting nothing. enough? Absolutely. Not. I mean, you're wearing an orange shirt. It could be confused as a Dixon shirt. If you just peel that four off, no, be the champ's number. You know, I I never rooted for him because he was a Ganassi guy, and I was always an Andretti guy. But I can tell you, the last few years, um, you know, a, a good friend of mine and, and a sponsor at Indy, uh, Rico Elmore and Fatheads, has mm-hmm. a podcast, and Blake and I have been invited to it several times, and, and Dixie was on there. He's a genuine guy. He's, he's really pretty cool, and, and his wife's hot. <laughs> he's the same on camera as he is off camera, which is what I look for when rooting for people. Seems like just a he, he, he puts in the work, right? It's yeah. not like it doesn't seem effortless. He's not if you follow him on social media, he's doing triathlons. He like um there's a generation that's trying to come up cold and hurt all these guys and they're they're like, Oh yeah, us young guns are and like, well Scott good luck beating Scott Dixon though. He's like and he does it in everything he does. Scott he's, Dixon goes to Pit Fit and you'll look at the Instagram over there. Oh, it's and, incredible. And, and he's at the and, top of the board. And, and to be like, Oh, somebody beat him on the rowing machine, so he'll go back in just to yeah. set a new record in the in the place. Yeah, the and the whack a mole. I yeah. thing is incredible. His. And he's doing it at 40 years old against guys right. that are, that, he's on the front row and his age is equal with the two guys that are on the front row with him. It's 2021 20, and he's going to be 41 in July, right? Renus VK, Colton Herta and Scott Dixon are the front row. And he, Dixon is two months away from being 41 years old. The younger McCown is the Colton Herta aficionado. Indeed. Are you, uh, Colton is my man. Are you a big uh, Gainbridge guy now? What uh, What's Gainbridge do? Well, ever since they kicked Zach Veach out of the car, I will support Gainbridge until I die. <laughs> Not a Zach Veach guy, let me tell you. He's a rat. He's been a fine a sports rat. car driver. I think he, he podiumed at Mid-Ohio in the Lexus. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> He's doing all right. I like Zach Veach. Zach Veach lives in a van. He's a likable guy. Yeah. He's built, he's, you know, he's, he's three, not at all three foot eight tall. <laughs> exactly. Looks like a rat drives. <laughs> he looks I mean, he looks like he's 12. If you ever see Zach Feech, he's tiny. He looks 12. Like he crawled out from underneath. Like he looks like a sh- hobbit. Blake, I'm going to give hobbit. you some homework. Good okay. Right. I want you to go look, look up dinner with racers podcast and listen to the two Zach Veach episodes. The first episode, he talks about how he accidentally got his girlfriend's, uh, Stabbed by a stingray at middle at uh, Long Beach. Exhibit B for him being a rat. And then the they did a follow up interview post pandemic, and it sounds like a country song. He's recently singled, by the way. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll enjoy the podcast. Colton forever, right? Yeah, Colton's my dude. All right, so you mentioned the front row. Like forty five percent of all winners have come out of the front row. Who is it this year? I think it's Dixon. I do. I. Experience says it's going to be Dixon because it's a 500 mile race. I don't, I don't, VK is so fast, but two 200 laps of him keeping it all together, and uh, I don't know. Cooler weather should help. The car should handle better. Um, Colton, I don't. Yeah, I just he's don't, smart beyond his years. I don't Colton know. If, I don't I'm know not if Colton's quite out. there. I wouldn't count him out. But then you've got so Ed Carpenter's right behind. Yeah, I think I, this is and, one of Ed's most solid chances to win the race. I feel like he's got a very legitimate opportunity. If a Chevy's going to win, I think Ed is going to be the best chance for Chevrolet. But I would, I, I would say that something has to happen to Dixon for him. Either has to have a bad pit stop, get in trouble, something, and Yellow has to shake him out and end up back in traffic. 
if it's a mundane race, I think Scott Dixon's going to win a lead hundred yeah. laps and win the race. What I do is I watch how people handle their cars and there is Dixon. There is Carpenter and there is Elio Castroneves. Yeah. And those are the three smoothest cars out there. And I, I would say that I would also include some of the other Ganassis at a possibility. I think Kanan Tony Kanan is in the best situation he's been in ever in many years. Tony Kanan has nothing to lose with this race. In 2015, Kanan was a top four car when he was in the Ganassi car, and that, and I think it was Montoya and Power that that were that led and Dixon and basically the two Penskes and two Ganassis pretty much dominated 2015. Kanan was up there. I think he's in a similar situation now. I've, I've really taken a liking to Alex Pillow. Uh, I, you know, he doesn't have a lot of experience and he crashed last year, but he could very well be a top five car. Where did um, he crash at last year? Where I should have been. <laughs> He's still, I remember somebody getting really hit. bad when oh, that man, happened. Goodness. Did every crash happen at the North end of the track off turn four last year, Mike? That one did. I assure you. <laughs> I cried real tears. Like this man will not like, sorry, dude sucks, but like gotta get over it. I'll let it go. Well, he crashed off turn two in uh, in full qualifying yeah. on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So about five minutes after I had left Rico's suite. So last year, since none of us got to go into the track, I got to stand out on 16th Street behind Mike, <laughs> and I didn't even have to be looking at the board to know where a wreck occurred before I heard Mike yelling obsessively <laughs> with his hands in the air. There's more money out of my pocket. <laughs> Who was Piggott's wreck in the attenuator? Was that last year? Yeah, that, was, yeah, that, right in front. That would yeah. be right in front of you. That yeah. was. We just. God, looked, you would have made five hundred thousand dollars on that one. Yeah. I doubt that. Because <laughs> we, we we were we looked that up. We were trying to because we were mixing up what wrecks were where. Askew and, and Piggott. I was and, very confused as to which one was who and, was which. And that was and you're mixed up the one that was Askew and Daly. Yes. And then Piggott's was kind of by himself. And um, that was Piggott a hor- ended the race. Yeah, that was a horrendous accident. Anytime they hit the the attenuators at the end of the pit wall, anytime a car hits that, it's just it, not good. It was legendary. I mean, it wasn't quite Mark Dismore or Billy Boat, but it was a good hit. It, it essentially ended his Yeah, look at look at the top ten. Let's push pause on it. For the starts. You got Dixon in there. How many starts does he have at Indy? Probably it's twenty. And so yeah. and it's the same for Ed, I'm assuming is probably pretty close to that. Kanan's got twenty or twenty one. Uh Elio Castroneves probably he's at this Elio's is, got the most starts. This is his twenty first right start. And then uh Ryan Hunter Ray's in there quietly in seventh. And then if you need somebody that's hungry just outside the fast nines, Alexander Rossi, who's just been haunted since twenty sixteen by not being able to repeat. <laughs> so um if Andretti can pull it together a little bit on their pacing, but they had something because obviously Colton's like an almost, I don't consider him an Andretti guy. He'll none of us have he will said, outdrive the entire none team. None of us have said Graham Ray Hall or Takuma Sato. Yes. It's because Graham Ray Hall is also in the same category as Zach Feach. <laughs> you know well, what? Not, don't yeah, but you, they're on, they're no. on other ends of the height spectrum. Don't you attack Graham Ray Hall. I'm not a super I fan of his, but, but he brought a McLaren F1 to Indianapolis so I could look at it, and I appreciate Graham for that. He's bringing high quality automobiles for me to go look at at Cars and Coffee. I saw it in Mid Ohio. Well, he, he'll be, but they'll just be there. I know the <laughs> Jeremiah just goes to racetracks and finds one of twenty eight. I, I go to racetracks, let myself automobiles. in, and there happened to be testing a couple million dollar McLaren. Yeah, that they're restoring. But, but I looked at it and said, "Man, that's a cool BMW. It's got Nelson Piquet's name on it." And Danny Sullivan's. I'm going to take a picture. Zach mean, looks at it and strokes out. Yeah, I mean Graham's got a pretty good shot, but somehow. 
Sato is just so good there. And you don't think about him because you won't think about him until about 195 when he's just like this. When he's shot. third. <laughs> he's third. He's you don't know how he got there. Well, you don't think about him until lap 195 because he's third or he's taking the third place car out. Yeah. He's trying to run over. No attack, no chance. That's his motto. That's how he rolls. I mean, he is like two moves away from being a five-time Indy 500 champion. Yeah. Yeah. It, very it, close. <laughs> it's comical how we're being a dead well. man. Wait, well, yeah, yeah, he, a, hey, he's in his forties. Nobody knows how old he is. He could be fifty-five for all we know. You know, he's yeah, he's. I think he is. He's like forty-five or forty-six or something like that. And he's older than everybody thinks he is. But he's probably Canon's age. He does his own thing. Yeah, yeah. Those three: Canon, Dixon, and uh, Ed Carpenter. Those three are. I wouldn't put it past him because they have the experience. And you the have to, to be put there. LAO in that. Category. Yeah, I, I hey, I picked him to be the, on the pole. I, I would be. He was my dark horse for the pole. So you have seen some some veteran guys win with some of the very small teams, and Meyer Shank is not that small, but it, they it's are on the expanding already. side. They're right. they're growing. They they the Meyer Shank folks will be very careful to say that they're getting Andretti support, Andretti engineering support. But they don't work out of the Andretti building. They have their own building in Columbus, Ohio, where they prepare their cars. They house their cars. They do the work on their cars. They eat under the Andretti tent. And I, th- and I think that they would have been... I, I don't think it would have been a stretch for them to have both of their cars in the Fast 9 had Jack Harvey not gone out and had he gotten got a four, blister the size of a basketball on his tire. Four good fire Well, that's, yeah. that has to be set up. Uh, no, I don't think uh, it was because they they... It didn't happen the second time, and I don't think they took him back to the garage to change anything. It was, and, and uh, I saw it, somebody ask on Twitter what happened here, and they said that, you know, and it wasn't anybody that worked for Firestone. They said, once in a while, there's a bad tire. If anybody saw the picture, he had a blister on his tire that was literally, it, t- it was more than half the width of the tire, and it was showing cords. The tire looked like somebody had flat spotted it and then run another 30 laps on it. Yeah. Right. And it had, it looked like it looked like it was a used tire and not a new right. sticker. Tire. It had three laps on it yeah. or four. Uh, by but time anyway, I was going to say that you saw Dan Weldon won for uh brand hurt autosport. Great victory. You saw KV racing win. No, with Tony we got to back up. Dan Weldon didn't win with Brian. J.R. Hildebrand lost. Eh, you know, either way. That's spotter. That's <laughs> Yeah, Thanks. watch out was, for that wall right there. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Max. Well, he was he was also trying to pedal it. He thought he was out of fuel, yeah. so he was he he was. I think Hildebrand, it, it, looking back on that accident in 2011, he was concerned that if he breathed the throttle, he was going to run out of fuel and he wasn't going to make it around. And where was that accident? Turn four in front of me. Yeah, the uh, it, that was the other uh, funny thing about the the alignment in the current Indy 500 is that. Charlie Kimball, who caused that accident for Hildebrand and Hildebrand were teammates at Point this year. Uh, but then you saw Tony Kanaan, veteran, also get, get another win, get his Indy, only Indy 500 win so far for KV, for Jimmy Vassar's team. So very possible that Meyer Shank uh, joins the ranks there. It would be their first win as an IndyCar team. But it and wouldn't it be great for LEO that loses his ride with Penske to come back and win it with a subpar team? On Penske's track? On Penske's track. And it'd be a great payday for you. Yeah, it'll be really good. 50 to 1. Yeah. If Simona wins, I put five bucks on her, and I think I'm going to win $1,500. Let's, let's see what happens. 
It's a it's a but the way the qualifications were. It's a very bizarre field because it's uh, cream very much risen to the top of the front of the field, and then there's a bunch that fell to the back of the field, and then a lot of the people that you thought were going to be at the back of the field are in the middle and not where you expect them. Like Pietro Fittipaldi, I think is like thirteenth, and the um, Jared Hildebrand, which people probably didn't give him much of a shot, is right there in the middle. So it's kind of a weird Santino Ferrucci. Ferrucci's very good. He's finished in the top ten both races. He's he's had. But he put it in the wall this week, and I thought that that was going to seriously hurt his chances of having a having a good qualifying run or a good finish. But they, the team recovered really well uh, in putting that in putting that. And Max Chilton's not in the back row. No, no, he did he did all right. Um, Front to back this year. What's the speed difference? The closest in history, three miles an hour, I think. 231 and change to 228 and change. I know the front row is what like three one hundredths. Yeah, it's the fastest field in the history again. It's been like seven years since they've had the fastest field, but it's the fastest field. I think the average speed is over 230 miles an hour as well, which is getting close. I mean, the average speed of the race of the field is over 230 and the fastest qualifying average ever is 237 for Ari in 96. Who lost his ring and he found found it. it. He found it. Same day. It wasn't a prank. And then uh, if anybody else follows (laughs) on social media, Scott McLaughlin, you don't talk about losing something. Scott McLaughlin Lost the keys. He's Penske driver, driving the yellow submarine, taking Elio's old ride. Lost his keys to his truck like four days ago. I was like, anybody sees my? He left him in his golf cart. I was like, rookie move. And he thought somebody stole him. So he has his truck flatbedded out, gets a new set of keys, finds the old keys under his bus after he's gone to the effort of getting his door, his truck rekeyed. Sure, that's not a prank. Uh, it sure sounds like a prank to me. It just, it was a very covert <laughs> prank and maybe, maybe they saw something in him that they were afraid of them finding out what had happened. I yeah. think that only happens in the Andretti and Ganassi camp. Was it Connor Daly that they came out and wrapped his car hot pink? That was Sage Karam. Oh, Sage, Sage got, he, man, they never said they didn't like Sage when he was at Chip Ganassi, but they sure didn't treat him like they liked him. Yeah. They wrapped his car in pink. Alexander Rossi had his, uh, Wheels taken off of his golf cart, yeah, I and, believe, and, by uh, and stacked, by Colton Herta and uh, Connor Daly last year. Stacked up nicely, and the wheels were stacked up on top of his motorhome. And then there was a prank on Connor Daly in recent years, where his rented motorhome was filled with glitter balloons and cups of water, and it was rented from uh, the best one was Greg Tony, Biffle. The best one was Tony Cannon sending one of every pair of Dan Weldon's shoes back to England. From Japan. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a second part of that prank that he doesn't tell that often. So look for look for Tony Kanan interviews and get the other half of that prank. I won't say it on here. It's not it's not particularly uh, nice. It's worse than the shoe thing. <laughs> but that was the only half of that half of that prank. But yeah, there's some good pranks that go on with. Uh, there's also of the talk drivers. of a uh, of a live TV show with a bicycle getting sawn on half. I, I believe Dario Frakiti had a, a yes. Dario Frakiti and Kanan had a one of them. Cut a bike in half while they were one of them was while doing, one was doing an interview on television, and so that he would do anything about it and had to sit there and watch it happen. And it was like a five thousand dollar carbon fiber bike. Or something. <laughs> like it was not like a little. <laughs> I was like just just the the ability to prank somebody with a prank that is a four figure prank, like any figure. Like I would be upset if they cut like my bike in half. I have a bike I've had since fifth grade. It's from you like know, I throw a cup of cold water on Blake in the shower. I don't do a $5,000. They cut it. Yeah. They cut his bike in while he was One doing of, an interview on television. <sighs> These guys are so savage to each other that I, I shared on Twitter today. Once again, a clip from dinner with racers, uh, Frank Heady and Dixon both did that show when we're explaining the Taco Bell holdup. And Frank Heady truly thought that it was some sort of an elaborate prank by, by 
Tony Kanaan. Until the gun Until came the out. gun was out. He thought they were getting pranked. That three years ago, two years ago? It's not a Taco Bell anymore. Last, well, last time Dixon was on pole. I think it was... 2017? Yeah, four. Yeah. Four or five. That Taco Bell is not there anymore. It's a burger joint. But yeah, every time I drive by, I'm like, oh, that's where the holdup was. So the last couple of years, we've had these brutally hot. We had an Indy 500 in August, August 23rd, which is terrible. And we, the year before that was very warm with these body kits. And you could pass for first and second, but that was about it. We're expecting some cooler temperatures. Are are we going to see a good race where car, cars can actually pass and somebody like Pagano or Power can get through the field? Or is this going to be, you know, you need to be starting in the top three or four rows to win the race? We're going to find out because that's what they've said the last couple of years. Like, well, it's just been too hot. It's just been too hot. Where well, you're about to get a 75 degree and sunny race day. You do not get better weather. No. The forecast for the weekend looks amazing. And so unless it changes, and it's still Tuesday, so there's time. Um, you know, in, in 1990, I had a less than 60-degree day, and I went through 17 rolls of film because people kept bouncing off the wall in turn four. 90 or 92? It was 92. Yeah. You know, Blake, what were you doing? <laughs> I wasn't even thought of yet. <laughs> that was the last year that I did not go to the race. Yeah. I, I was a nine-year-old little boy camping at Lake Meacham in the Adirondacks because I was, you know, barely thought of Blake. You know, we had we had Lion Die Kit, we had Mario hit Jeff Andretti. Jeff Andretti ruined his feet. Uh, you know, it just kept happening and happening. And I ran out of film and sent somebody with fifty bucks to the concession stand or the trailer to buy regular old shift over to your mic just to touch for me. There you go. Regular old film because I ran out of film that day. Where were you set up? I was in four. Too bad you weren't two to see Roberto Guerrero lose it on the pace lap. Yeah, I actually worked for them that year. That was a bad move. Kenny Bernstein was a great guy. King Racing? Yeah. Roberto never came around. There's a couple of guys. That just came up on... Uh a podcast they were talking about how he doesn't come around because that's all he gets asked about he just gets well i mean how would you like to be jr hildebrand he comes I, you back know what? every okay, year i'll tell you what jr hildebrand is a righteous guy i yeah, like jr hildebrand he drove a 1960 cadillac from colorado to indianapolis for the race and he threw his mountain bike on the roof of it and went mountain bike in brown county today today or yesterday so i saw jr hildebrand handled that whole thing so well at the time um, he still get asked about. It. He said, "I've I've moved on," and he did. And he's a smart guy. When he's not racing, he's like an does engineer. Work with, does work with MIT and is going around doing like just a. I think a guy who's really pushing the whole STEM education. I think thing. He's got a good life. He's got a good life. Married. Has, he has a, a funky eclectic thing of cars and just does his own thing. Um, he's going to stop Blake and talks baseball every time. Yeah. Uh, he had a San Francisco Giants hat on a few years ago and we had a nice 10 minute conversation about why the Giants sucked. I think he threw a first pitch out. He's throwing the a first pitch out yeah, there. I think so. Yeah. yeah. A few times. He's a Sausalito, California guy. So right across from San Francisco. Yeah. He, he, Next level producer stuff over there, Blake, is going to be to teach you how to do some, uh, get some music for me. We'll have you play Sausalito Summer Nights or something. <laughs> But yeah, I like Jerry Holderbrand, and I, he got a couple full time rides after that. But he kept coming back. Well, he had to; it was his rookie year, so it was either going to be a one and done. But I think he won a lot of people's respect because he kept his foot in it after he hit the wall. Yeah, he still Which, finished what third, fourth? second? He was second. It was yeah, second? yeah, second. And he got a car. I think is a uh, John Barnes gave him a uh, Chevelle, like a '66 Chevelle, for how he handled everything. And so yeah, he came out of that okay. 
as okay awesome. as you can be with, I mean, better than Marco. He handles it better than Marco. All right. I want so. a favorite and a long shot from everybody in the room. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with Forrest. This is, we generally work from right to left. Mm. So I, in a favorite, I mean, um, we, we could check, we could check some fan, uh, fan duel or DraftKings numbers if we want to, but I would say somebody starting in the, you know, in the front 11 spots. So for me, I, I, I'm going to go just because I like the guy TK. Get on. Yep. Yeah. You got a long shot? Man, there's so many long shots. Um, because I want to see a mullet on the Borg Warner. <laughs> <laughs> CD. Connor, That's one of those guys that you thought was going to be a lot farther up the row and didn't qualify that. But well, he, but he owned it. He, he, he said, said that, he said he screwed up his downforce yep. levels. Yep. He, uh, the team wanted to trim more and he was not comfortable with it, essentially. Yep. Blake, what do you got? You got a, you're going to go, uh, Colton Herta and, uh, Zach Veach? Colton Herta, for sure. Yeah. He's, he's going to be my favorite. And then as my dark, dark horse, I'm going James Hinchcliffe out right. of row six. Very fair. Do you need to support your decision or you just know that you're, you're an Andretti Homer and that's the way it's going to go? That's pretty much it. <laughs> Mike, you going to pet it, call the Ed Carpenter cars again? You're going to pick Elio. I'm going to pick Elio. He's in the, well, we set this rule so that you got to, in front 11, that's, he's got to be your favorite. He's not your dark hours pick. No, I, no, I'm going to go with Elio and I'm going to go back with number 10. Alex Pelot is my one shot. Nah, he's starting top 11. That's invalid. Can't do it. Got to pick somebody it. farther Come back on. than yeah. that. You yeah. can't, you can't call a long shot from the second, yeah, outside dipping, second though. row. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so because I don't think. <laughs> He's in a Ganassi car. All four Ganassis are in the top nine. All right. If I have to dark horse back further, then I'm going to go with Connor as well because yep. he is in a he is in a carpenter in car. a carpenter car. That's pretty solid. All right, Zachary. I'm just going to pull some around. I've been scrolling through here, just trying to see. So trying to pick. I'll go Ed Carpenter for a favorite. Although I like Tony Kanaan would be fantastic, and it'd be great to uh, rile the crowd up because he gets everybody going, and then. Yeah, long, long shot. I'm trying to choose between. I'll go uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, the only driver in the field to choose chocolate milk. Yes, you know he can't have it. I love that they posted that, but they will only give you a uh, whole two percent or skim. But, I would rather see Salt Walter. I, I bet they told him uh, you can't do that, and he's like, it, "It is what it is." It's probably what he said to him. He said, I "Don't care. You're going to print it." And I was like, "Yeah, I like, I like Juan. He's." Uh, He's won 40% of the Indy 500s he's entered. Yeah, but he's wow. not run that many. I know, but it's still... He's only run like three. <laughs> That's staggering. But I think he's he's got... He'll, I think he'll be the class of that team, and they might be able to figure something out. But this, yeah, I mean, you said long shot. There's a long shot. This feels like cheating. So uh, Scott Dixon is my favorite. I, I truly think that I, it, something fluky has to happen for him not... Something has so, to shuffle him out of Something's got to hit him. Or something's gonna have to break. He's got something's got to break, or he's got to have a pit sequence that gets him out of that 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 catches him wrong. I guarantee you that his car right now is in a million pieces, and it's being inspected for each and every piece With for potential failure, glass. and that some some particularly looked over Honda engine is being thrown in that thing, and not just one off the shelf. It violates the spirit of the rule to say a long shot would be Joseph Newgarden because I don't think he's fair. Really? That doesn't work, but he's starting 21st. Yeah. Pinsky's are a long shot this year. Um, 
but yeah, I would I would say New Garden would be my would be my long shot. If one of them is going to drive through, I think it, he or Pagano has the best shot at it. I can't take Palou, but he can take New Garden. Yeah, but uh, that's, that's why I said it. It's because Palou is in sixth, and he is a race yeah. winner. He's already won a race this year. Your Pens- favorite Pens- was Pens- starting a- behind your dark horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the, I mean, the, the world according to Mike over here. I mean, Palou is, yeah, is probably unlikely because he's so young, but. So was Montoya. Yeah. But I could see with the right guy on his timing stand. And then. He's driving the 10 car, right? That's the one Dario Franchitti yeah. won with twice. And that's the car that Dan Weldon and the team Dan Weldon dominated the 2006 Indy 500 in. Completely different car. It's the same team, same guys, same. It's very consistent. That's the it's the sought after seat. Boo! Hey, look, my my bride has walked in the door. Lovely Sarah Potter just rolled in, or Sarah Moral. Sarah Potter Moral. Yeah, either or. All right. Final thing I wanted to talk about with you guys is your race to traditions. It's a different year, and Mike, we've 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 heard a little bit from Mike that he's still searching. You don't have a you don't have seats, right? You got to you got to find a place to be. I have. You have to settle for a suite somewhere. I have seats. I just don't <laughs> want to be in them. Um, yeah, I'm still searching to try to get work for race day and be back to where I normally am. You know, I have a very strict race routine. I have the same guy make my breakfast every year. You drink the same Gatorade every morning. Yeah, every morning I do the same thing, and and this is going to be different. You know, um, last year was different with Blake and I in Forest with our nose against the, the fence looking in. And this year it's going to be different. I'm going to be inside, you know, and I'm going to be a fan instead of a photographer. Um, but, you know, we're, we're working on it. And I made three more calls today. And, you know, it's just it's just is what it is. Blake, if uh, if your dad gets a photography gig, are you going to ditch him and go be a fan in turn three? Blake has a. Very I've got good a seat. very good uh, setup. I sit with Mark Morris on outside of turn one. That is my favorite spot on the track. See him coming out of four, right in front of you, making passes at one and into two. What's your morning look like? Your routine before you get to the seats? Uh, I get to Morris's house at six forty-five. And man, we, that's sleeping in. We we head over. I have uh, woken up at the four. He's sort of a Nancy. I don't wake up at 4 a.m. to hear the bomb go off. Like, I, I get it's tradition, but, like, you can leave at 7 and make it just fine. <laughs> All right, Forrest, what's uh, what's the tradition look like for you? You're not allowed to park in your normal spot. I know. You've so, mentioned it to me every time I've yes, seen you for the last three months. It's the first time in 20 years or so that I'm having to park outside of the track, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I know how I feel You're about visibly the first shook. time. I didn't like it. I'm I'm not a fan, but fortunately the speedway was generous enough to give me a, a parking lot right behind my seats, so it's not bad. But uh, you know, one of my favorite traditions now since I've been taking uh, my daughter is getting a picture with her walking behind Tower Terrace, somewhere around the pagoda, somewhere down near Gasoline Alley, race morning, and. The first year, it, it it wasn't anything planned, and it was something that my wife just took the picture. And now it's something I look forward to every year. And I know that with uh, the post high school career she wants to pursue, uh, this could be my next to last race with her. So that's what I'm looking forward to. It's an important one. Yep, Zach. What's uh, I get to be a part of your tradition a little yeah. bit this year until you till you 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 lose me somewhere. Usually, I'm half asleep. A cannon goes off. 
I say, oop, gates are open, and I go back to bed. <laughs> and then I eventually get up, and we fix breakfast and sit around. And uh, usually we regret not uh, having fixed lunch because they pushed the race start back a couple years ago. Um, and then I shoot to be in the stands um, after God Bless America, <laughs> but before back home again in Indiana. You're not going to wish uh, ill on the but, dead, are you? No, but I was just not a fan of Florence Henderson at, her, at the time. So I, my goal was to get up there right after she was done. So, And I still kind of do that. But it it depended on how long it took to get through security. So my, my tradition is, has been since they started selling infield parking passes that I would buy myself an infield parking pass and line up and be uh, be parked on the road at 5 a.m. so that I could hear the bomb go off at 6 and hopefully have my my little plot of ground cl- uh, claimed by 6.30 or 7 o'clock and, and have a morning party in the infield since the... Uh, I walked over a couple of times. You have. You have. Uh, since since they've taken that freedom away from us this year uh, and the uh, the viewing mounds and those parking lots are closed, I've... I, I also had purchased camping, so I've I've... I've been shifted into through, through the miracle of childbirth. I've been shifted into lock six, lock, uh, parking lot six. Very premium area we are, and uh, I get to hang out with the Birchman family. But I have to schedule my departure slightly different from you guys because you're only walking to four, and I got to walk all the way down to three. So I got to stack. I got to leave like ten minutes before you. I'm least. in the short shoot. I have to walk right across the street. Yeah, oh, you're it's so rough. Me too. You're going to get 700 steps in, Forrest. I know. Yeah, on race day. That was my life the last couple of weeks because we were camped in two and it was right. Just walk in and walk right into the tunnel, into the infield. I'm like, well, this isn't too bad. And we would truck it up to the E penthouse, but any walking, I, extra walking I did was because I felt like it, not because I had to. My timing, it's going to be all messed up this year because I always timed it to where I could walk from my parking spot and still walk across the track there at the south end of the pits. Well, without having that option this year, I don't know what time to go to my seats. Yeah, it's one of the most frustrating things this month is not being able to walk behind the pit lane at the south end of the track. It drives me up. All of those seats are gone. You can't walk through that area. They're not using it for anything. They have flags and golf carts parked there. But I'm like, that was it. It has worked into a nicer area for the drivers and crew that are on the south end of the track to be able to sneak through that area and get to the the garage area. Yeah, without seeing without having to be deal to deal with any of us. So my daughter was actually pissed Friday when we got to the track and. We went to gas. She had to spend Alley. so much time talking to me. No, 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 no. She was fine with that. When we got to Gasoline Alley, and she could not go up the stairs to there look in above the Gasoline Alley suites. Yep, that's also a killer view, and you get to look right in into uh, Schmidt, Arrow, Schmidt, Peterson, McLaren, and uh, Foyt. Boy, yeah. Well, there's but, also a cool area right there where there's catwalks that go around because it's the gap between the buildings. And if you go to the front of that, you can see the front straightaway and. And but if they're if they're hauling cars to and th- in and out of the pit lane, it frames them perfectly from above. You can look down, and those grandstands up there are nice. And they were closed all month, only to suite holders, which I didn't realize that you could go into a suite without a shirt on because there were many. I couldn't believe sh- how many shirtless many shirtless fans on top really? of the suites. I was like, these are the guys getting suite tickets, and I'm up here slumming it in the e penthouse. You got to call Mike. Evidently, yeah. <laughs> all right. This is uh this has been fun. I guess we we do still need to do final thoughts. Give everybody a chance to uh to address anything they forgot, anything that we need to plug. Uh, it's a a cleanup session. Anything we have to correct on the record, Blake? Uh, you've been awesome as our uh, our interim fill in producer this week. You uh, you just it. you're completing like this week. You're ready to take a walk, aren't you? Uh, next week. Yeah, next Saturday or next Sunday. Pardon me. Yeah, taking a nice little walk across the stage, getting a diploma. 
Never coming back to Newcastle, you know. <laughs> He'll run out money That's the first not week. Nice. Full, full brain drain. Nate Lamar is listening and weeping somewhere when you say this. <laughs> yeah, but got got a big walk coming up. Uh, got my open house coming up. Uh, watch, sectional baseball. Sectional baseball. You need to watch out Friday. for those Ohio girls in college, though. One might try to snag you, and you'll never come back. Hopefully, it's from Florida. But <laughs> that wouldn't, I would not complain. But you're no. find yourself we're, accidentally we're, living we're in Hamilton, right Ohio. We're, we're, I don't know about Hamilton. <laughs> are you li- we're, we're chilling. Are you living in the dorms? Uh, to start out? Yeah, but I do not know which dorm. I do have my uh, roommate. He's from Cincinnati. Never met him before. So you are going to Hamilton. Uh, no. <laughs> start, we'll start planning because I think of the usual tradition there is that when you move into a house, they all name their houses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my sister's best friend played volleyball there, and her house was the Blue Moon. So, uh, yeah, they're all named. It's, I, I think it's pretty cool. I had a friend who lived in the Winkin Turkey. Yeah. The Winking Turkey. The Winking Turkey. And they, ha- they make that like. That sounds the, like it's untouched. They, they, and they have like real. He had like a nice wooden sign like made up that was painted and everything. Yeah, they're all nicely it's, painted. Yeah, it's like, not Ball State down there. Oh, it's different, it's different not world. Ball State whatsoever. Was it the Winking Turkey that got hit down here on three? No, it, it was, was Newcastle. It was before I, that the came Newcastle. up in my memories you know that? a couple days ago <laughs> and I had completely forgotten about it. That was my, such a highlight of my life. <laughs> my favorite thing was when I went by and there was a box of stovetop stuffing leaned against the memorial. That was you know, at Ball State, they named my house too it was called puke a lot <laughs> well blake it's been awesome having you here man yeah, thank you appreciate thanks, it thanks two for years pitching running. in yeah two well, years in a row 10 months it's been oh, 10 yeah. months since my last indy 500 <laughs> forrest what do we got to clean up man ah uh, man uh nothing to clean up I, i'm i'm looking forward to sunday just happy to actually be in the stands i don't care if i have to wear a mask or not um uh, Happy to be out there continuing the tradition. As much as I enjoyed standing out on 16th Street with the McCowns last year, uh, I prefer... Did you get to ride with them, or is it just serendipitous y'all found each other? Forrest, no offense to you, I hated it. (laughs) That was just us standing out there. I wanted to be inside. I I watched it from Jeremiah's, but I got up that morning and went to Speedway and went on a run and took pictures as I ran around Speedway, because I find Speedway a delightful little town to go visit, but I ran around and just... Checked out people on 16th Street. Checked out Georgetown. I woke up that morning and I was just madder than hell. <laughs> and it wasn't until thankfully, thankfully Kelly looked at me and she's like, "You're a grump. Do you want to go to Speedway to watch the race?" <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so we packed up the car and went. That's that's very nice. I parked cars in my driveway. I made up. I spray painted a sign that said "Parking ten bucks." Took some pictures. We made it. We made it full on Speedway in Newcastle. So we made it. We made it work. Mike, what do you say? If people need to buy a house or get on the application list to buy a house and be the first alternate starter in your list of absolutely, yeah, because because we're uh, we're in carb day every day. It seems like um, I guess my thing and my my parting shot is: what if you were Roger Pinsky and you go spend bazillions of dollars on this, and we hit a pandemic and you get nothing? lose millions and millions of dollars and every restroom is painted nice. Everything has been redone. Every sign has been redone and, you know, kudos to a guy that loves the sport. Absolutely. The place looks phenomenal. You know, the golf course, there's souvenirs in every seat. (laughs) Take it home. Little red sticker. The the red sticker. It says do not stay here. Do not use. I, I wanted to try to pull one of those off, oh. but I didn't know where I was going to stick it. It's, take it. 
You don't have a cooler? What kind of fan are you? I saw so many I've coolers. I've never carried a cooler use. in my life. My kids nearly cleared out our little <laughs> box of the penthouse all by themselves. And they that are. must have been where I sat on Friday because there were a lot of missing stickers. We have, <laughs> there are, we have stickers. And they come off real easy. And I don't know. I mean, Roger Pinsky bought the nice stickers. They come off very easily, leave no residue. They're like almost a static cling. They're so good. So, yeah, we have quite a few of those, too. But, you know, I, I, I mean, that just shows his love for the sport and his love of where it's at. I've never really been a Pinsky fan. I've always been on the other side with Andretti's, you know. Um, but but the place does look good. The golf course looks good. The suites look good. I mean, he spent some jack and with no return. If the And to have the political Democratic mayor... All of that going on, you know, it, it, it's just it's just amazing to me. If they had told, sold the track to anybody other than Roger Penske, I think it would have been in serious trouble navigating the pandemic. Absolutely. If if it had gone to Liberty Media or any of the other rumored suitors, it would have there would have been some serious issues. There would not have been a race in twenty twenty. Not there would have been another gap year for certain. I mean, he paid. There's like a, I bet I don't know how long you. I'm assuming it goes all the way around to the to the short shoot at the South end, he basically put in a two lane road of asphalt the entire way around the track on the outside for cars and golf carts mostly. And then there's a sidewalk that's new. That's in concrete inside of that with rails in part of it. Yeah. Then you go into every bath, like the, the restrooms in the paddock were sketchy in past they were years. Dark cinder block. Yeah. They're dark cinder block. And it looked like a bathroom that guys had built in an area that women weren't ever going to see. So they didn't <laughs> have to take care of it. Like it was Long a of the trough. It was like a, well, I mean these, they didn't have troughs in these, but it was like a bachelor, like in bachelor. It was like pad. something you had found at yeah. a, uh, at a, at a horse show. And yeah, animal house. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you go in there now and yeah, not a horse show, a horse show <laughs> and epoxied the floors, paint on the walls. Um, and then it's little things like all the dumpsters are new. Did you notice the dumpsters? Yeah, and they, they have, have brand spanking new dumpsters on. And I was like, Side is on all the trash cans. I can't yeah. wait to buy those on, at Earl's in 20 years. Yeah, let's get, yeah, get I mean, my like, IMS raised trash dumpster so like auction. Little things. So you kind of get, when you see a, a Penske project on the scale of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you get an idea of how picky Roger Penske is. Because you kind of see it with his teams, but... You, you don't get to walk into a, a the Penske garage. I don't know that it's picky. Around. It's more meticulous. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he, he just has it. Yeah. You hear Doug Bowles talk about it and he said that he would open every door just to see what was on the other side of it. And if it, and he would keep going back until he was happy with what was behind yeah. that door. And then once he was satisfied, he wouldn't bother anymore, but he would just, he would go through it all. The video and the audio updates that have been made along the front stretch underneath the house oh, seats. It's amazing. Uh, you have video boards everywhere. Yeah, I didn't even notice the video boards when we first sat down. You have to go up higher. And I looked up. I was like, holy cow. Where there's, did those come from? There's like 40 of those TVs on the front straightaway because like every support post has a big TV. Um, you can hear. And it's not the old tin can sound. It's their true speakers. You can hear you can, speakers. You can hear almost all that. We sat in the Northwest Vista for You discovered for the Alan Bistwick this year. You can't oh, get away from they, Dave Calabro. <laughs> no, but they... They brought us Alan Bestwick, and I'll take some Alan Bestwick because he was he was he's doing a fine job this year. Um, they had to explain qualifying. Well, they didn't do that, but maybe they didn't explain. <laughs> it. Yeah, that's still I'm still I'm still not happy with the explanation of that. But uh, yeah, but we're at GP, and you're like you can hear the cars, you can hear the the PA all the time, 
it's not, I'm like during the 500s, a little different when they go by or for a pack of them go by, but yeah, the sound system is like state of the art. It's a current modern sound system. Um, and you see TVs in areas that aren't ever going to, they're going to get used this year because they're in the infield. They may hopefully, hopefully they'll get used for brickyard weekend. Um, but yeah, the TV's on the front straightaway. I was like, this is amazing. I bet this was an awful spot to sit at one point because you couldn't see the, you couldn't see anything. You kind of see half the gasoline alley TV. And now you have like two or three TVs that are completely legible in you your field of view. TVs in your, yeah. it was a long period shape. of time that you didn't even have a TV. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And now there's bunches of TVs. So yeah, it's amazing. What else, Zach? Anything else in your final thoughts? This is your official final thoughts. Uh, no. Well, uh, check out, I'm trying to think of just like local stuff, even though I've not been in town. Um, I haven't spent the weekend in my own home in like a month. You won't spend a night at your house. Like six weeks May, or something. On the weekend. Yeah. Um, the uh, check out food truck Fridays downtown. No, this Friday's fourth Friday, and then fourth Fridays. This just so you check out fourth Friday. So that'll be a, a good time downtown. They'll have some music, uh, food trucks, uh, stuff to do. Um, I heard they've got a scaffy now. They've got one hired. Yep, I, yep. I you know I bet I can go outside and tell the difference already. Um, and then always go check out L and K. They're doing. Carrie told me I couldn't just buy any flowers and put them out there though. They're my problem. Really? Yeah, that's unfortunate. Come on, Carrie. Um, Check out LNK because they're doing like a little bit of like a far, and the farmers markets going on downtown, and then they're doing their own thing at LNK where they're bringing in different vendors. Um, I think they have a different some, food truck in every Saturday, don't they? Yeah, and so they're so there's lots of stuff to do in Newcastle too. Check it out. Back to Alan Bestwick real quick. We can't leave without talking about the greatest announcer other than Tom Carnegie, Bob Jenkins, that's yep. in the fight for his life right now with brain cancer. Um, I saw the video that Calabro did with him this week. That's just absolutely heartbreaking. But wish Bob the best because uh, he is the class act. Yep. He's been an old-timer for an all, awfully long time. One of my best childhood racing memories, Thursday Night Thunder, Bob Jenkins and Larry absolutely. Rice. Absolutely. Yep. Bob's, uh, as long as I've been a fan of uh, of motor racing, whether it's IndyCar or NASCAR, Bob's always been around it. That His voice is the OG voice of, uh, of motorsports for me. So Yeah, let's hope for a similar result. Lindy Thaxton's coming on the PA, I believe, this weekend at the track, and she's just coming back from, she was off work since like last June with cancer. So let's hope for a similar result for, um, for Bob. So. Uh, yeah. This is the year I'm embracing the month of May and racing completely. I am going to be visiting Anderson Speedway tomorrow. Uh, they're practicing, so I'm going to go check out a little, little little 500 practice. I'm not going to. I don't have the crazy bones to come up Saturday night to Anderson to watch the little five the night before the race. But I am going to go watch the cars practice tomorrow. Thursday night I'm going to go out to Terre Haute and I'm going to watch Kyle Robbins on dirt. Awesome in, in the uh, in the USAC Silver Crowns. Friday not night, Mount Lawn. Friday night, I'm going to go out to IRP and I'm going to watch uh, <clears throat> the uh, the USF 2000 cars and the Silver Crown cars and the Pavement Midgets all at IRP on, for Carb Night. Saturday, I think I'm just going to take a day of rest, uh, and then Sunday is the uh, the greatest race in the history of the so world. So no Mount Lawn is in your schedule. So I do not have Mount Lawn on the list. Quite well, yet. I will tell you, I will tell you, Sunday? Blake McCown <laughs> is about to buy a neon and start racing. Man, I will be on your crew. I'll help. You can be a sponsor. I'm I, looking for him. Well, because guess, somebody we, sitting on the other end of that table is not in favor of it. But we, I am full-heartedly about to buy a car. We have stickers, and they, they, they will definitely go on a car. 
You need to go full. I want Let's do it. Ed the, Carpenter runs the JMV Suck sticker every year, and I feel like you need a BHOL sticker just stuck somewhere on a quarter panel. We, we can make that happen. I mean, For the first go- time in history, the FC Tucker McCown team is sponsoring a Mount Lawn race car this year. Really? Why is it not? What class? The we, are in the, we are in the Crown Vicks with Kaylee Atkinson, All right, who came in second last weekend and won her heat race, doing very, very well, racing against the boys. So very it's nice. Blake and I have and been Blake out McCown there. and a Dodge Neon. I mean, that is that is very Henry County of you, you to still, go for a Mopar do, product. Do you still have Do you still have the truck, Blake? I still got the truck. Okay, it's sitting so out front. So he won't get, let me. He won't, won't let me do the Street Dragon. I'm to, about to take the new Corvette. You need out to there. get. No, you need to get. Go find a Neon ACR. Same year, same color. Comes with stripes. Tow it in with your truck, and that's the most Henry County thing they'll ever <laughs> Let's do roll it. into that. Let's lot. do it. An old hey, I've got Viper the support. ACR with I've a, got the support with a, with a Ram. You have SST. everything but the knowledge and cash. At this <laughs> have point. you ever been? Hey, to have you have you ever seen the people that are racing out there? <laughs> they don't have the knowledge either. <laughs> Just put me in a car, and I will go fast. Just try, drive fast, turn left. Yes, that's all you gotta do. All right, I, I like it. I'm looking forward to sponsoring the McCown Special in the uh, in the Mopar division out there. With number that, 29. We're going number 29. Man, that's hinchy. We'll see you guys next Thursday night. Thanks, guys. FC Tucker Special. <laughs>